0: Great, I will get started. So welcome to our So You Want to Work in Festivals or Performing Festivals. This is part of your uh, So You Want to Work in the Arts sessions. This is all part of the Creative Talent Programme at Creative Youth, which is supported by the Arts Council. So thank you so much to them for supporting us. We have been running these webinars for three years now and we really hope these free workshops and seminars help some emerging artists out there. We've already covered a lot of topics such as breaking the stigma of mental health in the arts, age and representation, the effects of Brexit on the arts, and many, many more. You can catch up on all of them and more on our podcast channel, which we'll put links in the chat for you, as along as our YouTube channel as well. For any of you that are new to our sessions, just to give you a little bit of background on our Creative Talent Programme. We aim to support emerging artists and theatre companies with business development, industry mentorship and support along with a £2,000 commission for your next project. Currently, we're supporting three companies and artists and our applications for our second years to support new companies are now open and the deadline for that is the 1st of August. So if you're interested, we're very, very much interested in companies that specialize in either film, stand-up, comedy or puppetry, and who are all under the age of 27. All the details for the application were also put in the chat below for you as well, but please read the guidelines before applying. Final thing, these sessions are being captioned as we're trying to improve our accessibility, so thank you to access all areas who are consultants on helping us with this. So to begin with, I've got two amazing ladies with me today, I've got Ellen and Lauren, Could I start with you, Ellen? Could you tell us who you are and Moonhouse Theatre and everything, if that's okay?
1: (laughs) Yeah, sure. So, I'm Ellen. Um, I'm the founder of Moonhouse Theatre and one of the producers. Um, Founded Moonhouse in 2017 and we make Greek theatre for modern audiences. Um, which is a mega mega niche Um, but we have done a lot of fringe festivals and also I've uh, worked for three summers at the Edinburgh Fringe myself, um, two summers in a venue and one summer um, sort of freelance as a stagehand and flyering and working in marketing and promotions Um, and I am currently doing an internship as a training producer at Payne's Plough which is super cool so know a fair bit about festivals um, both as acting in them and producing for them and also sort of like creating a festival with Paint Flower and Roundabout Um, so that's like a very brief summary.
0: (laughs) Rapid fire well that's amazing congrats to you about the the training and everything and um, how about you Lauren with Showface Festival?
2: Yeah, hey, Uh, so I'm Lauren Elizabeth, um, predominantly an actor and theatre director based in Cardiff at the moment um, and founder and artistic director of Showface Festival, which um, started in response to the global pandemic and we're a virtual theatre festival that supports and showcases the work of emerging artists. Um, Yes, I wanted to create a platform to support creatives in you know really tricky time Um, and since then we've produced three virtual theatre festivals which has been super awesome Um, and in each festival has been over 50 new pieces of virtual theatre new pieces of work um, and you know really wide variety of styles Um, so a lot of experience in kind of managing that kind of thing and and you know, managing showface really, um, and working with a lot of different creatives um, and a lot of different creative teams. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where my background is. But yeah, quick fire again,
0: <laughs> <laughs> straight to the point. But yeah, one thing. My first question is obviously both of you I follow on Instagram. That's funny enough how I found you guys. You know, Lauren, the stuff that you've been doing with showface. You know, it's it's. Absolutely Extraordinary, and Ellen, you with Moonhouse Theatre, the fact that you're about to do a run with your own show that you've made. So I'm going to start with this one, and I know I've put it a bit further down the email, but how has COVID affected you guys? I don't know if you can talk about that in the pandemic, because if anything, you guys have found a niche and thrived in it. From the outside looking in, you've been able to thrive from it. So, Ellen, do you have anything to...
1: Yeah, I think... um it's probably worth acknowledging that we got off relatively lightly in the sense that the work we would have done anyway would perhaps have had a similar, might've gone down a similar route anyway, just due to the fact that we define ourselves as being a rep company and all six members of the company ended up, um, just up and down the country. Um, we all left uni- We all went to university together, and then we left university in 2019. Did the Buxton Fringe, and then scattered. Um, and I think for us, anyway, there was a need to create work and move work online. So I don't know whether we just got lucky, or if that was like the direction we were going in, anyway. But we sort of, when um, we realised that perhaps this strange little covid thing was sticking around for a while we sat down as a company and were like okay what can we do what are our options where can we go with this and set some goals for what we wanted to achieve that seemed possible in that time frame so one of them was grow our social media following we were like We were all just sat all day on Instagram, so let's um, make the most of that, which I feel we did. Um, And we wanted to make some online content, so we made a little short film um, at Christmas called the 12 Days of Goblinmas, which is about um, the Greeks feel there are these um, Christmas goblins that come out um, during the 12 Days of Christmas and you have to do certain things to get rid of them. So we made a short film about that, which was very funny and a lot of fun. And then we made an online education series called Get Your Greek On. We did six episodes. Each of us took it in in turn to host an episode with two of us guesting on it. Um, We all did a different subject about Greek life and culture. So not even necessarily theatre-based, although most of them had a link back into theatre. And we did that. And that's on our YouTube channel. And all of those have a teaching resources pack with them as well. Um, We were meant to go on tour the spring that COVID started and that got postponed and we were like we'll just put it off until April next year that will be enough time right and then we kind of got to the beginning of um 2021 and we were like oh yeah that's not quite gonna happen so um yeah it just seems to be we worked on other stuff and then we could do the tour and we just picked up where we left off so I think we got lucky and it's important to recognize that mm,
0: definitely and how about you Lauren how is COVID well didn't wasn't Showface face creative with covid i i think that's right isn't it yeah so
2: again like kind of lucky in that respect so we were we you know we were born as a, a response to covid um so yeah our kind of our engagement levels were through the roof i mean we we were really really kind of lucky to be able to do that you know through our three festivals we've worked with over 300 people you know so that that need was always there which we're you know really grateful for but we were always very aware of it you know kind of through our communication had to be on point I mean we we had um, welfare officers coming in as well and working with us because recognizing that you know creative mental health was so important at this time you know and, and things like that and also recognizing that you know I mean myself working all day on the computer and then having to do you know more kind of creative things on the computer and and screen fatigue and so we were just trying to be really aware of that um, and also communication through like virtual platforms because a lot of us possibly aren't used to just communicating, you know, online and through text and, and things can be lost in translation. Um, so kind of being a mediator sometimes, you know, and kind of working through things um, has been really important. So kind of just focusing on those things has allowed us to kind of blossom in, in the pandemic almost and, and be able to give that support to people, um, you know, and, and the pandemic has set boundaries that we've had to push. And out of that, some really creative stuff has happened, Um, you know, and and an absolute honour to kind of be able to showcase that um, as well. And, you know, making those connections with people around the globe that you wouldn't be able to, you know, Um, you know, and, and a lot of pieces have gone from Showface into other festivals. So, you know, really proud of being able to get those creatives together, you know, so... Yeah, kind of lucky to have have done the work we have, but just very aware that you know we need to be sensitive and flexible and adapt, you know. And it's it's made everyone really resilient,
0: I think. And yeah, so yeah, no, that's something beautiful to hear, though, because I think that's I don't know about YouTube, but in the industry as well, it's something that a lot of people don't put in mind. Yeah. It, it, even with actors and directors, like your Alan just said, oh, we we sort forget about it. We sort forget that you know. Um, that, that we are human beings I think sometimes people forget that so the fact that your company is being aware of that just shows you how much the industry is changing because of COVID and um, because of the things that are coming out of it but my next question following on from that is your you two have worked out social media I don't know you you got it to a T. the the followings you got like I know Lauren you were saying you had like 300 or something applications for one thing How do you think for anyone who's watching this on YouTube or listening to it what thing did you two, because you too Ellen with your Instagram it's I look at your Instagram page and I'm like that's beautiful Instagram page like it's it's iconic what would you two say is the advice for anyone in the performing arts for their show for their Instagrams um yeah Lauren yeah no it's just yeah um it's it's
2: hard it's it's very very hard and I think you know Ellen will agree with me it's it's Mm. a 24-hour thing you know and and the social media is just me at the moment you know so Canva has been an absolute lifesaver
1: yeah
2: (laughs) I recommend Canva to anybody um but like in all seriousness it's it allows us to be little graphic designers and you know um but keeping on top of it you know, kind of every day. And and even if you're not posting, liking people's things and, you know, communicating and and supporting other people has been like a major thing that has helped, you know. Um, Tweet shares, tweet swaps, you know. Um, Can you share this for us and and we'll gladly share something for you um, has been, you know, the key I found for Showface. Um, But yeah, just getting into little niche groups and seeing what people are liking, seeing what people are following. Um, And kind of, yeah, just supporting other people and getting engaged, I think, really for our face.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, We're quite lucky at Moonhouse that we split our social media between three of us. So it's actually led by Zoe, who is brilliant and has just actually from the back of this started a full-time job in marketing and social media yeah. um, but she's very very gifted so all of those like amazing graphics you see on our Instagram are usually her um, <laughs> so I will give credit where it's due but that belongs to Zoe but um, also Odette helps us a lot with that kind of stuff um, yeah so we split it between three of us and we typically split it that um, it's usually me on Twitter usually Zoe on Instagram and Odette runs our TikTok, um, and then between us, we sort of pick up Facebook and YouTube um, as and when we need to. So I think that makes it a bit easier, but also again, that's a luxury to be able to do that and to have three people who want to do it and are engaged with it. Um, I pick Twitter because I find that's the platform I gravitate towards, just like personally, and I just tweet a lot of stuff that I would like to see. Um, we did a lot of research so we set a target that we wanted to increase our followers by so much um, by a certain time and then we went away and did a whole load of research and there are some amazing people online creating work about social media Um, and we just watched some really great YouTube videos all about it Um, and the main thing I took from that was something called meaningful engagement which is engaging meaningfully with people on social media so Um, not just commenting like a heart on someone's Instagram but actually responding to the content they're posting and sharing things which you think your followers will really engage with and retweeting stuff which is relevant to your audience and creating social media content with a purpose and how does that reflect you and your brand and the work you want to make Um, it's like incredibly like broad for theatre because often the work you want to make is so varied um, but if you have an anchor, like we have our Greek theatre and Showface, have the fact that you're a digital festival. There's always something to um, embed it in and to come back to. Um, so do some research, I guess, would be my tip, and 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 find some helpful kind of um, buzz phrases which really help to guide you with that. But yeah, social media is a beast.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely, and like it's so inspiring. Do, that's, that's one of the main reasons why I wanted you to so much was how much you've, you've come through using social media and how fortunate you've both been through this pandemic, but well, my question is, and my next one is, what about what's next with festivals? Like I know Ellen you've got a lot in the diary, back to back, but also Lauren, Showface is also doing this beautiful uh, writers, directors workshops, do you think Showface is going to continue being digital? you think it's going to go online? I know that's two very different questions that I've asked you both, but whoever would like to go first, it's more than welcome. <laughs>
1: um, I think I'll start first by talking about in-person theatre, yeah. because that's what we're sort of doing.
0: That was um, so exciting, but so... Which is
1: amazing. <laughs> um, it's slightly... I don't want to say frustrating, because obviously we're lucky to do it, but it's almost always having two versions of events. So, like, mm-hmm. if we are in this COVID heightened world with masks and social distancing and capped capacities, or if we go back to some sort of normality. And then there's almost like a third version which is finding a middle ground about making your audiences feel safe and considered and reflecting upon the fact that actually a majority of people don't just want to like snap back to (laughs) sitting next to a stranger um, Mm -hmm. in any capacity, not just in a theatre. Um, so there is a lot of compromise and a lot of things to consider and also being a theatre company sometimes you don't get a lot of say in that when you're working with a venue um, and it's about your hard yeses and your hard no's about what's really important to you and and that sort of compromise so there is a lot more that go- has gone into it and I think there might usually be um, so there's that to consider and then in terms of like your audience engagement there is the fact that a lot of people aren't ready To go back to a theatre and that's fine and we really respect that. But also in terms of accessibility, um, a lot of really small fringe venues, through really no fault of their own, um, are not accessible to a lot of people Um, and they don't have the capacity to become accessible. And being able to stream stuff online has really like opened up a whole new world and it makes your work accessible to the people who don't happen to be in Birmingham in July, in London in August, in Salford in September, because what are the chances of that happening? Um, So we've been quite, you know, we are really, really keen to integrate some of these, what we think of as COVID things, into our practice. And I think going forward, there will always be that question about okay but what have we learned from covid and what can we integrate into that and yeah how do we navigate that going forwards?
0: Yeah and I guess no one's used that tool better than you Lauren like you would say like you've had people from all over the world able to watch your work because of turning into a digital festival. so I'm wondering if you can talk to us about what, what does it take to do a digital festival without a digital festival I, it's completely a new world to me. I, I've seen some of the stuff from Showface because it's absolutely epic. But I just can't imagine how you get from point A to point B with it. A lot of work. <laughs>
2: um, so we kind of started just being like, who wants to do it? You know, mm. I, you know, a big thing at Showface is we don't say no to anyone. You know, I I, I, don't, I don't ask for like a CV or anything like that. If you, If you're creative and you want to do something, you're in, you know, so... We set up kind of meetings for writers, actors, directors and designers. We had some skills building workshops to try and keep that element going. And also, you know, how can you kind of move your practice to digital landscapes? Mm. And then we formed creative teams. So, you know, writers would create something in response to our theme. Um, Some writers already kind of had ideas and projects. So it was kind of adapting those and doing them more of like an R&D kind of style or just doing like a script read kind of you know was what they wanted to do with it and a lot of work was just made for digital platforms you know we had a lot of uh live zoom theater you know which was an entity in its in itself you know yeah. um and, and and a lot of kind of pre-recorded work as well um so the it was such a vast majority of different types of of things that people wanted to do and And again that was a strong thing i didn't want to say no to any idea you know so it was like okay it's my job to be able to work out how it's gonna how it's gonna you know happen then and and brainstorming and and problem solving and doing that um but it was a lot of behind the work behind the scenes work with digital platforms you know so we had 300 creatives we had 50 creative teams um so organising those, making sure everyone's kind of on their rehearsal plan. That must have been a blue-in matrix to organise that. I mean, the email chains were endless. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, kind of just really using what we had. So we had WhatsApp groups, you know, just being really open and being like, OK, I'm here for you. What do you need? Mm. Um, and a lot of time management. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was absolutely awesome to be able to do it you know, and, and provide that. So yeah, I, w- I wouldn't change any of it. And for the future of Showface, we really kind of want our creatives to tell us, you know, like yesterday I put a tweet out saying, you know, what do you want to see from us? Do you want another virtual festival? Do you want, because at the moment we're doing um, a virtual theater and film uh, course. So we've got actors, writers, directors, and designers, and we've got weekly workshops for them. So we're doing like four work, workshops a week um, and also opening that up to our creative community as well. Um, so it's just like, what, what do you want us from us at the moment? Do you want some R&D stuff? Um, and I think only time will tell with, with that, but 100% agree that virtual, you know, needs to be embedded in our craft now because we've learned so much and I think it's so important we don't just forget all these skills. You know, it's yeah. like we've we've all adapted and learned so much, and then okay, we're well, we're back in the space now, so we'll just leave it. You know, absolutely not. I think it's so important to keep that going, and yeah, show face. Whether I'd like to have um, in person and in face stuff going on, but we'll always kind of be online. That will that will be where where you'll find us. Um, but yeah,
0: that's so interesting that both of you said that even though you know COVID has been a spanner thrown into the works in both of your festival works the digital's going to stay uh which is just really interesting to think that it is like you said Lauren it is part of the skill that we've learned and it would be a shame just to put it all to the side and leave it to um leave it to the side but yeah um another question I have is what advice would you give to a performer, or for you Lauren, you know directors, artists, wanting to get involved in the festival circuit, obviously you've both got very different experiences with it, but I was just wondering what advice you'd give to them, because um, to me when I look at the festival circuit I sort of panic and I sort of only think of Edinburgh Fringe, <laughs> or, uh, you know, or you know face or you know I think of just certain ones and then I go I wouldn't know how to get into that, or how is an actor you audition for it or how is a director you get your things involved so if you two could explain how how you get involved that would be great.
1: (laughs) Yeah I think it's important to like (laughs) recognize that the Edinburgh Fringe is um it's the Edinburgh Fringe for a reason it's um the reason it is so established and respected and loved is because it's an incredible like feat of getting I don't even want to know like millions and millions of people in the same city to all do one thing at once. Um, It really is like a theatre kid's dream come true. Um, And I think that's why it feels like such a strange magical world and we sort of forget that the rest of Fringe Theatre takes those elements we really like about Edinburgh but actually takes away the um, commercialisation that a lot of people really dislike. it took me a long, long time to realise that Edinburgh was not like the, the Edinburgh Fringe, I should clarify, um, was not like the greatest, most amazing, well-organised festival in the world. Don't get me wrong. I think it's amazing what they do and produce. And I have an awful lot of respect for them. But it took me a while to be like, wow, there is actually like flaws to this. And actually, I don't like how commercialised it's become or I don't like this or that. Um, so I think what's so great about discovering fringe theatre is being able to find festivals which really align with your beliefs. Um, and my advice for anyone who's thinking about applying for festivals is um, do some research about like, what they're about and what, um, what they kind of want to achieve. Um, so for Showface, it's all about making digital work and supporting creatives. Um, and it's an amazing thing to be a part of because you're part of a community. And it is like that with a lot of Fringe festivals, when we did the Buxton Fringe in 2019, we really were like a part of that group of that year and we still stay in touch with people whose shows we saw and they stay in touch with us. actually it's been like that with most festivals we've done. Um, And there is that real community spirit to it, which is really interesting. Um, Also I think as well, each Fringe Festival offers something different and as part of that each of the venues in the festival offers something different um both like quite literally in terms of what they will offer you in terms of an offer whether that's a box office split or an upfront fee um and different things will work for different companies depending on their budget and where they're at but also like um literally offer you something different in terms of the space and what it's like and what it's going to be like when you walk into it so again when we were at Buxton we were at a venue called the underground which was above a pub so not actually underground I've just realized for the first time <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> but,
1: yeah weird um, but it was amazing it, you know they decked it out beautifully the whole place was covered in posters and like ivy and all sorts and it was just like a really cool vibe Um, and we were like yeah this is so us so like going forwards we were keen to find people who like sounds a bit cringy but were like on our vibe (laughs) like we're on a similar wavelength to us suited what we wanted to do Um, and I guess my last tip kind of along those lines would be think about what your hard yeses are and your hard no's so going forwards we're super keen to only work with venues for example who have a green policy or who are super aware of accessibility even if they can recognize that they're not a super accessible venue at least being aware of that and being honest because a lot of
0: people you ask it and they get uptight about it
1: exactly and we want to work with venues who want to collaborate and are interested in the work we do um and those are going to become I think like our hard yeses and our hard nos starting out I think we felt like (laughs) we did like audacity basically like we didn't have a right to do that Mm -hmm. but you totally do and that's what you stand for and that's who you are both as a company and as creative so don't be afraid um to be like "Mm, actually we don't morally agree with paying like a thousand pounds to get nothing back not that anyone does that but that's just an example um and and say no to that and recognize that actually not every festival and not every venue is going to be right for you and that's for joy and finding the ones which are
0: I guess. Yeah definitely and I, I think what you've touched on there is so true like there is this weird thing that us performers and creators have that we should be grateful for anything that we get but you're so right and if you are a theatre company or a director or actor you've got to make sure it lines up with your morals and that you're doing it for yeah. reasons because there is sadly some people out there who, who haven't got it all lined up and yeah I think you're so I've never thought about it that way about making sure you as a company know what your yes and no's are because that bases so much about what you want also it's going to help you in the future
1: yeah for sure and also you'd
0: like paying
1: venues are expensive and mm-hmm. it's a business investment and not to get all like technical about it but also like giving your time which so many of us do for free is also an investment and i think sometimes we um again feel like we should be grateful and that we should take every opportunity that's offered to us and we should like crowdfund and like run a million miles until people sponsor us um and sometimes you just have to look at it like literally in terms of like economics and business and be like "Mm, actually the time I have to put in and the money we have to spend that doesn't add up and that and that's fine that those things happen um it's something that even like huge established national portfolio organisations have to deal with, um, it's, it's just part of the arts and it, and it is okay to say no to those things that just yeah. don't work for you.
0: Yeah definitely and how about how about you Lauren, how, how would you recommend anyone wanting to get involved in digital theatre? it is so new yeah. and that's so exciting but very confusing as well like I wouldn't know how to get involved.
2: <laughs> 100% but I, I just want to echo like what Ellen's just said there about you know being able to say no and not feeling guilty about that you know looking after your your own self you know and saying you know um, do I have the time for it Uh, can I give this time for free is that right for me right now Um, and not burning out because we do we burn out you know and and we often feel guilty about it as well and it's like no I should be active I should be searching all the time but be kind to yourselves you know like that's absolutely key Um, but with digital work I mean it's research again like Ellen was saying about finding out what you're interested in you know and what you want to be a part of um, and reaching out I mean you know it's so easy to kind of just send someone a message now on Twitter or on Instagram or you know I mean that's how how we're here right Um, but you know do it get in touch see who's behind something and message them and you know just kind of connect that way Um, and being kind of informal about it you know just send a message I think Um, and I think with with virtual theatre we kind of have and and fringe theatres you know similar traits of just being experimental and allowing us to be experimental and exercising our skills and you know gaining that experience and it's so wonderfully diverse you know that you can find your style and your place as a creative person kind of in festival fringe style things, I think I think that's the beauty. Um so kinda get involved and get involved with different things and even if it sounds strange, go for it. I mean, you know, you'll only kinda find out if you like it if you give it a shot. Um, you know, so yeah, I think just kind of not being afraid to get involved with something. Because we often are. It's like, okay, you know, I'll just I'll just stick to what I know and but I think the wonderful diversity that fringe festivals often have in digital work now, because you know we're so used to adapting and pushing boundaries. Um, yeah, find find out your style, find out what you like, um, and just engage with people. I think is my my biggest advice.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think you you touched on something so beautiful about that. About I think the reason why you know when I saw the so you want to work perform at festivals, I, my first thought is like what is a festival, especially in the sense of theatre, like I was out there like to go to musical festivals, like get like Greenfields in or, <laughs> but I was like that doesn't really, hurt. to me, it's my, when I think festivals, I think of theatre, the one reason why I go to festivals is because you always find the little things at the beginnings, like I went to see Showstoppers the other night, and I remember seeing that like, oh my gosh, we're going back five years ago, when it was first at Edinburgh Fringe. And to see a show like that which started at, I don't even think it started at, and Fringe, like I think it started at another one, but to see the experiments of it and and now it's like a household name of a theatre company, like, like you're so right Ellen. like you've just got to try it and like you Lauren, like you've just got to give it a go because through that you'll learn something and also the the Fringe atmosphere for 99.9% of them is such a loving environment where you can get feedback and you can get things, like you're, Lauren, you're all about doing R&Ds as a festival, that like blows my mind. I think that would be fabulous, by the way. But one yeah, my next question for both of you is um obviously this is from the outside looking in. You both seem to have a very good business side to you. Like Lauren, like I know that show faces nonprofit, but to make more funds, you're doing these amazing workshops. And like Ellen, you touched on earlier about doing the school stuff. How do you separate for both of you two the creative? and we need to make a bit of money from this or at least keep our heads above water because that's like a complete fight constantly mm-hmm. how do you approach that how do you deal with that as creatives they, you're both creatives first but both running businesses like that's like a two pulling ends
1: yeah that's a challenge I don't know about you Lauren <laughs> that is like that's my eternal struggle um mm-hmm. that you've just asked about um I think I'm very lucky because I work with a group of other people who know me both in like a personal capacity very well but also a professional one um they're quite good at when I've got my like business money head on um about being like okay but sometimes it's not all about the money like having just said all that lovely stuff about like producing and morals and good investments they're quite good about being like yeah. but sometimes it's not about that like as long as we're making even then that's fine like <laughs> um i think what can be helpful is setting like tangible goals for that and being realistic about where you are at as a company and also personally in your career um and it's, it gets harder as you get more established to again say no to things because like it it isn't a good investment or whatever um it is really difficult but and again it comes back to those hard yeses and those hard no's like um being like actually we've been doing this for three years and we can't justify to not make money from it anymore so this year's target is to make a profit or this year's target is to do camden fringe and break even um and they're all fine and um I think setting a target actually like that can be really, really useful. Um, also, ask for help and a second opinion with the numbers. It took me a long time to learn that. That sometimes if you're not sure if something is a good idea, just ask. Um, even if you're doing this on your own and you don't have somebody else to talk to about it, mess- like message someone on Instagram. They'll be more than happy to help. I recently helped a friend out with coming up with what their ticket costs should be that's another one like how do you decide what you set your ticket prices at um and that can be really difficult and we just did some like maths and then also some like okay but what would we pay and what seems fair um it's so much easier when you're like collaborating with someone on that and speaking out loud and often they think of things you don't so i found that really really helpful but it is difficult, um, <laughs> practice makes perfect with something like yeah. that, I think.
0: And also, like, I think you just touched on something there as well, like, I think it's so easy to forget that like, there's always always what help you to help you, and we are so lucky that we are in a very collaborative industry. But you're so right, sometimes it is quite hard to ask for help, but um, Lauren, if you could talk to us about Shapeface, because all these workshops, because I was going to do the 12-week project, but then things collided with it. And then I'm loving all these like individual ones you're doing, but that's just a genius business thing. Like I was like, that is smart. Yeah. I mean, um,
2: I, again, just kind of want to say how important it is to have a good team. Yeah. Um, you know, both producers I've worked with, we had Natalie an Polfer, and I'm working with my best friend and at the moment, having kind of sound boards and people to just go, it's okay. We'll figure it out. Let's have a chat. You know, it's fine. Uh, we'll figure something. Um, and yeah. So if if any advice, speak to people again. You know. So echoing that. But with Showface, so we are a not funded project. Um, so our our first festival was completely unfunded. Um, I started up a, a GoFundMe page to try and you know push something. Um, kind of just breaking even with kind of platforming costs and websites and all that things that we don't even think of you know really yep. with digital work you know there there is a lot of cost um and then the second festival I was really really passionate about our our creatives getting something out of it so we we helped every creative team set up their own coffee page And coffee is an awesome platform. Um, You can buy someone, you know, you donate basically to the price of a coffee. So you donate like three pounds. So each creative team had a coffee page, which was directly linked to Showface so that at the end, everyone in that creative team had an equal split of whatever, you know, donation was raised which was awesome as well because it then meant that people can gain professional credits from it so that it was helping them that way because they're essentially, you know, there's a profit kind of share element to it. And then our, on our third festival, we worked with a college. Um, so we worked with Merthyr College to create a um, virtual theatre as an end of term project. So kind of reaching out to education, you know, platforms seeing what they're doing, see if they can help you. Um, and then our, our our course at the moment, because I think engagement has been quite difficult at the moment because people are burning out. People are, you know, either and our and our kind of engagement levels have been from creatives who are either kind of in university or at drama school or you know kind of still in education or studying. Um, and at the moment they're all coming out of uni and they're just like, you know, I, I don't I haven't got the the space or the energy to do anything. So we were really, really kind of determined to still engage our creative community. So having these workshops, you know, and they're only five pound, you know, just as and when you want to sign up to them, there's four a week, whatever you want, kind of, you know, we're here, so sign up when you can. Um, and again, it's just, we're breaking even, you know, a Showface, it's not about kind of making any profit. I mean, we are not for profit, but I mean, even myself, I'm working for free at the moment, you know, so, it's, it's tricky because at the moment funding bids aren't there, you know. And being based in Wales, we're, we're waiting on Arts Council Wales to kind of open up some more bids. And so it's tricky. It's kind of finding out what's available to you, but also having the time and the space to do that whilst doing projects, you know, is, is really hard. So I think don't be hard on yourself about it and just have a little look, you know. I, you just fall down rob, rabbit hole, holes of research and little, you know, little things that you can pick up. So have a little look, but don't be too hard on yourself because it's it is hard. <laughs> yeah. Also, think,
1: like, also sorry.
2: No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was just
1: gonna say, like, um, the grass is always greener. I like um, my dream was like, I want to work full time in theatre, and I really like spent a good six months throwing myself into moonhouse work to make that happen. And then it happened and I was like, ah, now this is amazing because this is now my career, but now I actually have no time for <laughs> me and other things. And it's true, like in terms of business, you 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 work towards goals and you don't think, okay, but well, what's actually going to happen when we get there? Like we were so focused on getting a thousand followers on Twitter and Instagram. And then once we got there, it was like, oh no, what do we do with them? Like all these people are here and we, and we kind of don't know what to say. Um, And I wish someone had just told me, like, it's okay to feel like that when you reach the next inevitable step. It's okay to reach the point when you go, actually, I can't work for free anymore, or actually, I need to put less time into this. Um, That's fine. They're like natural steps and they're not always going to feel good. And that's fine. Again, if we all just like talk to each other more about like these things then we might not they wouldn't be such be subjects but yeah i wish someone had told me that
0: <laughs> yeah and that's why i love having these talks so much because i think these are such important conversations to be having is what you said Lauren it, it, it hits an nail on the head i know people who've applied for arts council funding and it is a document and a half that you might as well yeah. you should get a lawyer degree at the end of that you know describing every single dime about what you're spending it for but then the high chance of you not getting it is quite a high possibility. It's not because you're not good enough. It's because there's, there's so many people apply advocate, even more so now. But you're so right on trying to just de- make yourself decipher. And what you said, Ellen, about there does need to become a point where yours your self-worth is... Where you, you realise, because like I run your little theatre which sells theatre plays and all that lot, and I've been doing that non-stop. But most recently, you come to a point where, same as you, Ellen, I got... I've done 600 orders, I've got the thousand followers, I've got it all, and then I'm like now what? What's (laughs) next? What does one do? And I think it's so right, and I know this is something that so many festivals and theatres feel about, is this constant pressure to be doing things, and sometimes, I know you said something so lovely Lauren, which needs to be like, quote, is to be kind to yourself. You know, I think in this industry we sometimes forget that, which is such a shame. I think you're so right, and also we said about the theatre and education stuff, both of you have done stuff with that, do you think that's also an aspect that theatre companies and festivals should be willing to explore because there is a weird, I don't know, putting your nose up to a little bit in the industry from it, I don't know where it's come from, but it's like, oh you're doing a TI job, I don't feel like that at all, but there is that stigma, do you two feel very passionate about theatre and education like that it should be invested more and there should be more done?
1: Hugely. Anyway. Um, I very briefly worked at a um, quite prestigious independent boarding school in their theatre department and um, was just like amazed, like totally blown away by the impact, access to the arts across the board, like not just theatre and drama but music and the opportunity to learn to play a musical instrument. Um, and art in terms of fine art and going to art galleries and creating art in different forms, just how much it enhanced all of these students lives in every aspect and these are the kids who you know are like top Oxbridge candidates and I think it goes to show that but the proof is there (laughs) that access to the arts is important and, and it works and I'm a huge advocate for drama being just like Incredibly important for transferable skills that it shouldn't just be like, and I'm going to study drama to be an actor. Um, that it helps you with public speaking and it helps your organizational skills and your confidence and all of these things that I think people in education are used to hearing but haven't ever actually seen the impact of. Um, and we deem success in the arts as becoming a famous actor. And actually there's many many ways to be successful in the arts and to be prestigious and successful (laughs) um and I think we need to recognize that in schools I really hope that um like GCSE and A-level drama will become a lot more about like all the other roles you can do in the arts and the transferable skills that teaches you but for sure I think theatre education is a great start um and even taking all of the career stuff away um the show we're touring at the moment the neat freak is all about ocd and mental health and um it's we think that's really important to talk about in schools that we're we're talking about mental health now but sort of like surface level stuff and still illnesses especially like ocd just for an example we think of it as being one very specific thing and it's quite different to that and theater is a Is a great tool for education, for teaching people about stuff. It doesn't just have to be about drama. So yeah, I'm all for theatre and education.
0: Yeah, and and, and did it have a positive impact on you, Lauren, working with that college in Wales as a festival organisator, as an artistic director, did it just, or what was your experience with that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think we are very, very lucky as theatre makers that we have the tool of theatre and educating you know my work as a theatre director is i want that audience to question you know i want them to go away thinking you know so why not use that in schools you know i i mean i don't know about you but i still remember touring companies coming in and t- teaching me how to brush my teeth you know in, yeah. in assembly and you remember it and it stays with you and if you're a creative person that's how you understand that's how you learn you know so i mean at the moment i'm running workshops in primary schools all about the importance of s- storytelling you know and you see you see them coming to life and it's so important so absolutely um you know and kind of on the other end of it having a company and working with a college it was so rewarding because we were helping you know early career creatives do something practical you know in a time where it's really scary and and you don't know what's going on you know we asked them the question at the beginning how do you feel about your career you know and it was I'm scared you know I I don't know what's going to happen and by the end it was okay I'm I'm feeling a bit more confident about this now you know I kind of can see a path now and absolutely it's so rewarding it's I mean nothing kind of relates to that feeling of being able to help someone you know and we all know what it feels like to be that early stage career um, creative being like I don't know where I sit in this world yet you know and helping people do that Absolutely, you know, and I think we should do that because they're the next generation of theatre makers. We are the next generation of theatre makers. So, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and that's so inspiring hearing you both say that because I think that's how it should be like. And also, and what you just said there, Lauren, there's, I think the industry is changing from just being an actor, just being a director, just being a producer, just being this, the the lines are merging. Look at you guys, you know, artistic directors, producers, actors, you know, you've got it all to your bow. And I like the fact that the industry is going like that. So if we can bring it back to the theatre and education, I think, like you guys have said, it's only going to benefit people and help people. Um, so this is quite a big ex- a question. And I didn't put it in the email, so I feel very sorry. And I, 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 I just sort of thought of it now. But let's say we redo this conversation in 10 years' time. Where do you think Moon House will be and show face festival, best-case scenario, your absolute dreams of it, I know I have plunged you into the deep end there, so you can take a couple of seconds to <laughs> come up with something. I'm just really curious of where you think it, where you think it could go. It's
1: such a good <laughs> question. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> that was weird. Um, I feel like Moonhouse at the moment is sort of like a strange extension of me, and it's like some weird, um, like extra limb. Uh, And I'm quite keen for it to become its own entity, something that isn't like intrinsically linked to Ellen, but is like its own thing in its own right, which I think is happening. And I think we've made a lot of progress on that. And I think a big part of that is I'm so excited to be able to like diversify and work with other creatives. I love being a rep company. I love our company, but um, we all met university in Bath. And um, Bath, while it is beautiful, it does lack slightly in diversity (laughs) and I want to create a company and and from that work, which reflects the world that we live in, which um, is not predominantly white British. Um, And I, yeah, so the way I kind of see us is hopefully being like a national portfolio organisation, super diverse, lots of amazing creatives doing great work. And I think what we do is sort of like inherently linked to education because Greek theatre is on the curriculum. Um, It's something that we look at in English drama, um, but also is thought of still as being quite like a a privileged like area Um, that actually, if you go to an independent or a private school and you study classics, you learn an awful lot about the Greeks and not if you go to state school. So I hope that we'll be able to teach people that Greek theatre is the origins of all theatre and, and therefore the origins of a lot of what you see in TV and film um, and that it's sort of like a super fun game of bingo to be able to be like, ah, that's Greek. Um, so I'm hoping, yeah, that we'll have kind of spread that message um, and be working on lots of super, super exciting, cool things with lots of amazing people.
0: Wow. We might have to do a 10-year reunion, because I love that. Because you're have. so re- <laughs> Yeah, 10-year reunion, guys. Um, <laughs> you're so right about Greek theatre, and when, you're fun, when you contact your little theatre and stuff, and about Greek plays. I didn't learn about Greek theatre until my end of my first year of drama school. I'm in second year now. And I remember doing Antig- uh, Antigone, and I was like, this is epic. How come I've never heard of it? And um, what you guys do in Moon House is just going to fly, because before I heard of you guys I couldn't tell you anyone who's seen the same or anything similar so you definitely that is definitely a possibility of happening and how about you Lauren what what do you think Showface might look like? Um,
2: I think the more we kind of become we find our feet in this new kind of world Mm. of digital theatre the bigger and better it's going to be I mean you know a huge thing is accessibility, you know, and reaching audiences and reaching creatives that we wouldn't necessarily. So I can only really see thing, projects like this and, and things like Showface getting bigger and better, you know, and and I'd love to be able to say in 10 years time that Showface Festival is a fully fledged festival, digital festival that happens once a year. I mean, why not? But I also love this kind of teaching side of it you know so the course that we're doing at the moment being able to provide those skills building workshops and reach it because you know our, our target audience is emerging creative so supporting them you know and, and giving them the opportunity to to create work with like-minded people and then showcase it um so yeah i think only bigger and better um is the dream
0: <laughs> oh i love that you you, you yeah yeah I completely agree with everything you do and 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 the one thing that I can't preach enough to you is you're making it affordable you see so many people who are like 60 quid for a workshop you know for an hour or this is crazy at the minute for 20 pounds to sit on a zoom call and what you're doing with the making it affordable and same with you Ellen you're both so conscious which is just so lovely to hear and I want to see what happens because There's not many people who are are as as conscious as you two are. Um, But just before we start to wrap up, because somehow an hour has practically flown by, is there anything that you guys want to give a mention to? Ellen, you've got your tour coming out. Lauren, you've got all your classes. Could you tell everyone about them and where they can find you and uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, So
2: Showface Festival, you can find our website. showfacefestival.co.uk also email us info at showfacefestival.co.uk check out our social medias i mean we're on twitter facebook and instagram um and we you know we do like a weekly post about our workshops and you can just sign up you know when whenever you're free uh yeah so just keep an eye on our, our socials i think really is is the big thing um but also i just wanted to say as well so I was incredibly, and I'm, and this isn't like a name drop, I just think it's so incredible to echo it um, because it's such a difficult time, you know, and, and being, not being creative at the moment is okay. You know, so I just want to, so because I am incredibly lucky to be able to speak to Dame Judi Dench about, you know, the current situation and about Show Face Festival. And she just said, don't give up, you know, be and th- keep enthusiastic about it. And I really just want to kind of echo that. Um, you know and and to say it's okay if you're struggling at the moment we all are you know so just keep enthusiastic you know and, and just keep it at the heart of what you're doing um but yeah get in touch with show face let us know what what you want to do um and we'll try our best to kind of figure it out together
0: she's a good one isn't she judy den she it enough came across yesterday's conversation as well which was about video games and how she um she did the James Bond video game. So there was Dame JD, Judy Dench in a Lycra suit with the ping-pongs. And she was apparently effortless. And she was extraordinary to work with. And she's just amazing. And that's amazing that you got that opportunity. I'd be like that. I'd be sweating over yeah. too. That must have been... I'd be like... I wouldn't be able to
1: speak. I, yeah.
2: could, I could just about master. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, oh, my God. And um, Ellen, what about
1: Moonhouse and where you can find you and your tour? Yeah, so um, like Emily said, we're quite active on quite active, um, (laughs) always on social media. So we're at Moonhouse Theatre, all one word, lowercase, on Instagram and TikTok. Moonhouse underscore on Twitter, because someone had our app, that's annoying. Moonhouse Theatre on Facebook and YouTube. Um, And I feel I've forgotten one, but if you search Moonhouse Theatre, I think you'll find us. Um we're taking the Neat Free Contour. So the show opened last month in Bath and got a 4.5 star review, um, which is lovely. Um, and we are in, bear with me, Birmingham at Birmingham Fest on Saturday, the 24th of July. And then we're heading to the Camden Fringe for three nights at the etcetera Theatre. So that's August 6th to the 8th. And we're at 5:30 each night. And then we're going to the Greater Manchester Fringe at Salford. Um, and we are on Sunday, the 5th of September. Um, we've got lots of other things exciting coming up and um, you can always watch Get Your Greek On and The 12 Days of Goblin Mist on the Moon House Spacey YouTube channel. Um, and I don't think I've got anything else really to plug. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Great.
0: Well, I just wanna say thank you a million times over for you two coming on. This has been so much fun, so easy and like, we have to do, once we probably need to meet up in real life, two, we need to do a 10 year reunion, you know, when you're both nationally renowned (laughs) companies. And honestly, I cannot thank you two enough for what you're doing and how conscious you are. I know I've said this so many times, but just talking to you, because I know you both already were, but actually talking to you about what your beliefs are and stuff was just unbelievable. Um, But to everyone, These sessions are recorded, so if you want to listen back or pass it on to a friend, please feel free to. And obviously we have our own festival happening at the minute. We have the International Youth Theatre Arts Festival happening in Kingston until the 12th of July. We are one of the first festivals to be back at practically full capacity. So if you want to come and see some live theatre and music, please feel free to come and join us. Also, we have loads of other webinars this week as part of the So You Want to Work in the Arts sessions. We have put a link out of the schedule in the chat or on YouTube or wherever you're watching, you can just find us on our Instagrams and you can join in us anyone else. And finally, thank you. Thank you so much, you two. And um, yes, I will leave us there, but thank you. And 10 year reunion and meeting up in real life And I'll probably come and see some of your shows in real life. I'll come down to Cardiff. I'll come up to Bath. You know, I'll come and have a look at you all. But thank you. So I'll see you guys later. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thanks.